Welcome to Millennial Pagan Podcast. I'm your host, Autumn Wolf. And I'm Jarrah Stone. And in virtual studio today, we have with us Karma. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys? Doing doing good. I can't uh, can't complain. I mean, I could. It just wouldn't do me any good, right? <laughs> <laughs> you tested negative for COVID recently, yes. sir. Yes, yeah. I got I got two tests uh, within the last week or so, and I got uh, got negative. So that's a good sign. I'm actually scheduling myself to do at least one more, um, mm-hmm. just to make sure I'm I'm out of the uh, out of the hot zone at least. Right. And how's Sunshine feeling? She's doing good. She didn't, she barely got any symptoms. There was like one day where she was in bed all day. But other than that, she came back like a power horse. Wow. Lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My my smeller's starting to work. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, um, that's, yeah, about it. Mm, good for me yep <laughs> all right so we asked Carmen to teach us a little bit about something i know very little about and jara knows nothing about so this Pretty is going to yeah. be a lot of fun um and i know there's more to it than just crystals but crystal gridding hmm. yes but before we go into that topic we get to ask karma to share her coming of witch story my coming of witch story. It's interesting because I'm not sure that I ever had like a aha moment of coming of witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just something I always knew that I was. Got kind you. of a boring coming of witch story. But. <laughs> um, so when would you say that you started practicing heavily and it became kind of like your life? Because right now you own a shop, you do so much you're obviously just finishing up teaching a class yes and thank you for your patience on that for our virtual meet because i'm running a little late from the class <laughs> that's all right they all say hello by the way they're very Aww. excited about the podcast they like a <laughs> little but yeah um you know as far as back as i can remember i i really talked to rocks and that's been my jam my mom i'll tell you the story my mom bought me this little turtle Mm-hmm. And the turtle had a little terrarium and it had some rocks and it had some plants and it had a little like, you know, pond thing in it, just a little tiny thing. And eventually the turtle died because those little tiny turtles don't live very long. And I kept the terrarium. And every time I was out on a hike or a walk, I was the kid coming back with the jeans falling off because I had pockets full of rocks. <laughs> and growing up here in Arizona, it's everything from agate to quartz to amethyst. I mean, there's all kinds of crystals that form here in Arizona. And my folks like to travel, they like to camp. So I was always bringing back random rocks from places. And we schlepped that turtle tank for probably 10 years every time we moved. And it was, it, it was full of rocks. Wow. And the thought of getting rid of any one of them made me so sad, you know, and it, it, they ended up going into my garden in my house when I, as I grew up. And rocks have always been just something I understood. I talked to. And so that, I guess, is my very first coming out story is just rocks. Really being in tune with Mama Gaia, with the earth, earth magic has been really the staple and basis of my practice. What's your astrological sign? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, okay. Hmm. Because that, yeah, that's a fire sign. I was, I was curious how to figure that one out. It's actually a water sign. Oh, it is? Mm -hmm. See, everyone thinks I'm a water sign. I'm an air. (laughs) They're like, Aquarius should be watered. No, it's not. (laughs) 
So that makes sense. So um, rocks were your first step, um, and which is great that we're talking about crystals with somebody who is so well connected to them. Um, what would you consider like your practice now if you had to describe it to somebody? Oh, my practice now is very earth-based still. Mm -hmm. I have taken a couple of different apprenticeships. I was taken under the wing actually when I was, was quite young. I was still in my teens by um, a practicing witch who practiced Eastern European witchcraft. And so I learned the very by the book, by, you know, basics of witchcraft in my teens. And I've had various teachers as I've gotten older, some from the Eastern tradition. And most recently I've studied shamanism and that really resonated all of the witchcraft paths that were, you know, more Eastern based were, I guess I was just a little, um, raw or I guess un uncivilized, I guess is the best word for it. <laughs> I just, I didn't ascribe to so many of the rules and the traditions. And I remember telling someone once, I said, if I want to go to church, you know, there's a bunch of different ones. I just, church doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. So I ended up in Peru last year and had been practicing different shamanist type practices, but it wasn't until I entered the jungle of Peru that I really went, whoa, here's Gaia right here, standing there in the lungs of the earth and it really rocked my world and my practice has never been the same. <laughs> um, I use drums often and every chance I get uh, all kinds of different sounds and vibration, but mostly it's that, that really earth-based practice. And I definitely got a whole different perspective of being connected to the earth, connected to Gaia, connected into, you know, the actual rocks and stones and roots of, of our planet. And, and that has really been the basis of my practice. Awesome. So drumming is a major part. Is that, do you do that like a daily practice or do you have a daily practice? I do. My daily practice does include drumming. So when clearing my energy, clearing the energy of my space, clearing the energy of my store, anytime that I go into any kind of class beforehand, I set the energetic architecture and, you know, where I used to smudge, now I drum using that vibration that, you know, just super earthy vibration mm -hmm. to, to clear the energy of the space and to clear rocks. Also, when new rocks come in, I use the drum to clear them. I also, we use, you know, smudge or sage. But um, yeah, it's definitely become a huge practice for me and it's become a huge thing for the community. So I do drum circles and I know everyone rolls their eyes and they go, oh yeah, just drum circles. Okay, hippy dippy thing. But no, seriously, mm -hmm. shamanic drumming is no joke, you guys. It is literally like something that will, um, it'll rock your world. You know, mm -hmm. the shamanic drum journeys and that kind of thing. You talk about moving that energy. So we use drumming and everything from shamanic yoga We'll do, I have a yoga instructor who will put you in yin yoga postures. And then we come through and we drum up your body from the root up to move that stagnant energy and drumming just to, as a practice to, um, as kind of an alternative to Reiki. That's something I learned when I was there in the jungle is drumming or smoke to move energy as opposed to Reiki practice or, you know, any kind of, um, pendulum work. Although I do still love my, my crystal pendulums. <laughs> that's mine too that's my yeah. divination it's very much the crystal pendulum no it's 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 a big thing like especially for me like i've always been uh been attuned to to sound to noise to use for for cleansing and also for healing too a lot of uh, a lot of healing healing energy comes from sound work 
Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And we're all yeah. accustomed to crystal bowls. We're all accustomed to more of the Eastern traditions. But drumming, there's something about it. I mean, our very first sound we ever hear in utero, in our mother's womb, is the sound of her heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's nothing else in our world that can ground us, just putting your hand over your heart and feeling your heartbeat. You know, it, 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 the worst moments of your life, that can really be transformational. And so, you know, it's the drum circles that, that we host are really, really transformational for people. Sometimes it's the first time they've ever connected really to themselves or to others. And probably every single drum circle, somebody comments on that, like, oh, my gosh. And I work also in the recovery population, too. And some of the people in recovery have really actually said to me, hey, Karma, you know, like, I don't I don't know how to say this, but like, I kind of feel high. <laughs> but I haven't done anything, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's really getting that dopamine, that serotonin, all of our mm-hmm. happy hormones moving in our body, really connecting into who we are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like th- there's, at least in my opinion, there's nothing like uh, like raising energy and, and using the energy of sound waves to to do just about anything. Like it's probably one of the, at least at least in my opinion, one of the most underrated usage usages of sound oh yeah which is unfortunate because almost every single culture has a drum and you don't even need an actual instrument to drum you can Mm -hmm. just drum on your legs or you can use your feet i mean think about historically the most powerful music that we know it's simple Mm -hmm. as oh yeah i got i got i got a built-in i got a (laughs) built-in drum from years and years of of table drumming, let's just put it that right. way. Right, <laughs> and you don't have to be a witch. That sound automatically throughout the whole world. Everyone knows Queen Freddie. That song. Mm-hmm. You just start that rhythm, and that like that's a connection. That's how our human brains are wired. Exactly, and we're wired for connection. Mm-hmm. We really are, and that's why things like the crystal grids appeal to me. Not only do I speak rock, but you put the rocks together for them to speak. Then you add an, an element like drumming. You can drum over your crystal grid. It is so powerful, you guys. When you do a crystal grid for an intent in the mm-hmm. center of your room and you bring people together to drum around it. Holy cow. Yeah, the last piece of magic I did, I don't um, do a whole lot of instruments, but um, I used a song that connected to what I was trying to do. And it wasn't exactly perfect, but it, like, as far as the song was written goes, but um, because I'm such a vocal person, I was able to get that space. But yeah, I know what you're talking about, the power of music magic. We should probably do that as an episode someday. I I think so. I think that would actually be a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's so funny too, when people say, oh, I'm not musical, I can't drum. Oh, are you kidding me? You don't have to be musical to drum. <laughs> right. Drumming is drumming. Drumming is noise. Drumming is vibration. It's sound. It's movement. It's not music. Right. Now you make music from it, but it's not in and of itself music. I think right. it puts a lot of pressure on people when you say, oh, we're going to make music today. What? And nobody wants to pick up a drum. But you say, right. hey, we're going to make noise. And they're like, heck Yeah. Right. You don't have to have rhythm to be able to drum in a group because it's just, it's again, one of those parts of the human brain that we're wired to. It's our animal social connection. 
you'll you'll get it eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. All you need is one person holding a steady beat and everyone can just come in like adding spice to a salsa or a chili. And it's just before you know it, everyone's making music. And that magical moment when you take a bunch of people who've never drummed before in their life and they start out really super scared and then you hold a steady beat for them. And they start peppering it in. They start to lose themselves at the same time, find themselves and connect in. And all of a sudden, it's almost like everyone in the room realizes at the same time, oh, my God, this sounds like music. And they all open their eyes at the same time. And everyone looks around with these great big smiles. And they're like, holy cow, we're making music. And, and it's really powerful. Like people will cry. People will mm-hmm. be so connected to each other. And, and this is really, really, really um, impactful in working with recovery groups. You can bring this whole group of people together who don't even know each other. And by the end, like they're brothers and sisters. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of uh, being in drum circles is you can get the quietest girl in the drum circle and she will start howling and hooting with the rest of us. And it's like, it's that opening when we're in drum circle that it's that safety where we could start being those wild women. Well, and you know, if you think about it though, when you're drumming, you're opening that lower part of your throat chakra. You know, it's coming through the sacral, it's coming through the feely feels of, of your solar plexus, and you're using that lower part of your throat chakra where for a lot of women, especially really quiet, reserved ones, wow, I mean, voicing, putting voice to something is so scary. But then you use that, open that lower part of the throat chakra and send it out your hands instead. Holy cow, it's so freeing. And the next thing you know, boom, there goes the throat chakra open. And like all it takes is one person to let out a howl and everybody's howling. Oh, yeah. Just like in Zootopia, don't start a howl. (laughs) (laughs) Always start the howl. Yes. (laughs) This wolf says always start the howl. Oh, yeah. I I think we just found another another shirt idea there. (laughs) Start the howl. Always start the howl. Always start the howl. I'm in for it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to need a pretty big shop. I know, right? (laughs) So um, what we mentioned, Mother Gaia, what are some of your other deities that you connect with? So I strongly align with Hecate or Hecata. That's how Mm -hmm. she actually pronounces it for me. So I know it's not necessarily the the mainstream pronunciation of Hecate, but that would be my my goddess I align with the the most. I did meet Nyx. That's an interesting story. I, I was on a journey to see my son and in Kentucky, just looking at different things that we could do in Kentucky to connect as a family. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. He's in the military and I went to visit and we ended up in Mammoth Cave and it was so odd because I walked in the cave and I just had that sense of deja vu. Like I've been here before and probably maybe 20 minutes into this tour, I'm lagging behind because of course I'm looking at every rock that's there. <laughs> everything that's down there. And I started to hear this like kind of soft chuckle, like, like the whisper of leaves. And I'm kind of looking around and I'm just like, what am I hearing? And I come around a corner and this rock face, it was probably a hundred feet tall. I could see the face of someone. And I just thought, whoa, this is like a hundred foot tall face. I'm seeing like the profile of this woman. And, and then I heard the laugh again and I was like, holy hell, something big is going to happen. And I met Nyx 
And I had no idea in the tour. It was very strange because, you know, my son was the one in charge, but we ended up on the, the river sticks tour and I didn't know. it. <laughs> and here we are down, I think it was like 436 feet below the earth. Mm-hmm. And we were on the tour that goes all the way down to this underground river. That is the strangest, most fluorescent green thing I've ever seen in my life. And right then and there, like they had us cut the lights and it's just, you know, it's a tour. Mm-hmm. They had us cut the lights and we spent 60 seconds in the dark. And it was the longest 60 seconds of my life because I met Nix and um, she's been a part of my practice ever since too. I actually just, just looked up cause I, I haven't really followed too much about too much of Nix and I just, fo- just was reading a little bit of, uh, of what, uh, who she is. And yeah, I could definitely see, see that, see her being in a cave, definitely un- mm-hmm. under underground in the darkest of dark. Yeah. We'll go that. ahead and share for our. Uh, um, yeah. So what, what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm showing is uh, 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 Nyx is the Greek goddess or personification of night, a shadowy mm-hmm. figure. Nyx stood at uh, at or near the beginning of creation and mothered other personified deities such as Hypnos, sleep, and uh, Thanatos, death, and Herb- Herbus, darkness. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely I I don't I don't know if I've met her before, but she does sound very familiar because I actually had kind of an experience close to close to what you're saying. Um, actually, it was ironically uh, on a church camp outing where we went. Uh, we were actually down in uh, down in the Sierra Vista Bisbee area. And we went down into uh, down into a, a cave and way deep down and it was uh just this big i i I always called it a cathedral just because it's it's such a big cavern with all these these stalactites stalagmites all over the place and then we shut off the lights and it was just complete darkness and i could feel and see things moving around in there and one of the things i i remember seeing was the face of a woman just smiling so yeah, that kind of, whew, kind of, kind of, <laughs> kind of really, really spoke to me there. <laughs> Connects to you. Yeah. Got it. Well, and and it's kind of it's also uh, funny that you mentioned uh, Hecate as well because she's she's one of mine as well. I actually just got uh, a bunch of resin um, uh, moldings to actually do her wheel. So I've actually been working on that. Well, if you guys. Promise not to laugh. I'll show you since we're no. zooming. <laughs> I got this. Oh, wow. Trip Yay. That I was on when I went to the cave. Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. And that was definitely a, like I said, a defining moment. And it was mm-hmm. the day after I went to the caves that I got that tattoo. And he has a uh, Hecate yep. sigil on his back. Mm-hmm. I will eventually I have, um, <laughs> a Hecate on my arm, but I'm taking a break from big pieces for a while. <laughs> I just, oh, I'm not even finished with the arm that I started when we met at camp. Not even done. Two years. Wow. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking forever. Um, but have either of you finished Sabrina? I'm getting there. 
I'm getting the there. Whole, the whole last season, the coven is a coven of Hecate. And just to me, I feel very seen, <laughs> to be honest, to be watching a show where people are worshiping the same person I'm worshiping. You don't get that when it's like real, legit, like talking about your goddess and having prayers to your goddess on TV. It's not very, it's rare for anybody, I'm sure, listening. Like it, it's not the norm. So to have that and be able to see that is just like, and there's a, um, there's the ritual at the very end at the very last episode that I'll try not to spoil too much, but I can't find it online because the first ritual that um, Zelda does to Hecate is everywhere because it was just that empowering where it was like, ah, because you know she's calling a goddess and you don't know what goddess. And then she says Hecate and I'm like, ah, like the shivers, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yes. Mother of keys. Get her. Yeah, so it was just it, it was one of those moments of it, it's Hecate's time. I think I mean, honestly, in, in the past couple of years, she's really been making I, I, I don't want to say a comeback because she's always mm-hmm. been here, but I feel like she's been making her presence more and more known. I think we go through rotations because yeah. I feel like right before I got heavily back into the practice, um, everybody was into Morgana and it was a time of a lot of strife and war. And now we're as far as like a world we're going from a dark area and we're needing guidance and we're asking for that guidance from our government and we're not really getting it and so she's showing them she's like i got the keys to the door that you guys want and i have the lantern i know the path follow Uh me big time and you know what what better goddess to navigate us during the time of covid i mean we have this thing that has thrown the entire world into shadow work Mm-hmm. What have we had time to do? How could how have we been able to distract ourselves from from actually doing the work on the inside? We haven't. No. And so the entire world has been thrown into shadow. And what a better goddess to lead us from that mm-hmm. than the one who bears the torch and has the keys? I mean, of course, her energy is strong on the planet right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Especially with her animals, including a bat. Yes, flappy sky puppies. <laughs> yeah, be sky cup puppies. Yes, as long as nobody blames bats for the virus. No, no murdering bats. Anyway, <laughs> so, so oh, mm-hmm. uh, well, well, one thing I was going to say because uh, I, I kind of want to want to bring it back to uh, speaking to rocks because something's been just like pounding inside of my head and I'm like, I need to say this. It's going to sound weird, um, but. So one thing that I've, I've always wondered, and because I've never really had that, that deep of a connection with the actual, with, with rocks or anything like that, at least as, as far as my practice is right now, mm-hmm. one thing that I've always wanted to know is sculpting rocks. Do, mm-hmm. is, is it something that they, that, that, that they appreciate, that they, that they like, that they want or call for, um, you know, if there's a, you know, there, there's a rock that, you know, you pick up and, it, and it's just calling to be shaped into something specific. Like, what's, what's kind of your thoughts on that? Some rocks like to be shaped. Some mm. rocks don't like to be shaped. Um, it does impact their energy. And, and I feel like using rocks that are sculpted 
or it, I don't want to say it's not as effective, but you're not getting the true pure energy. You're also getting the energy of the hands that did the sculpting. Um, there are a lot of rocks you get like out of China, people who buy off of Wish, no, not hating on that, but just understand that that has definitely picked up the imprint of mm -hmm. the mass produced commercialized kind of a thing. And, mm -hmm. um, and so some of those are not quite so happy. They're, they're a little, um, be bewildered as to what just happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. Some of them literally, when you, like, if you order something off of Wish, I'll have clients come in and go, Hey, you know, I'm trying to grid with the stone and it just doesn't seem to be, you know, working right. Like what's going on. And like, you literally hold that stone in your left hand and the stone is like, what the, you know, just happened. And, and so, um, I don't necessarily know that it's the sculpting process that has done that. I think it's, it's really the mass produced process. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that it's necessarily, um, you know, I mean, some, some rocks love it. Like if you pick up a selenite that is sculpted into a spiral, for example, they love to be that center focal point of your grid. And selenite is, you know, directional. So if it's sculpted in the same direction as the directional of selenite and, and it's literally pointing straight up but spiraling, that stone's like, heck yeah, let me move that energy. Mm -hmm. and, and then other times, you know, having something that it's in its raw form is way more effective. So like take quartz, for example, you can get a point of quartz and then it's shaped into a point. It's not going to be nearly as impactful as a quartz that grew in that point. Mm -hmm. Yes, Autumn, exactly. It looks like a unicorn horn. <laughs> <laughs> I got this from you. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Those love to work that way. Selenite mm -hmm. is one of those that loves to be in any shape, form, or fashion as long as it has a job. Quartz, on the other hand, if you're looking to use a quartz crystal for healing or to use in the center point of your grid or you're going to use it in, in any fashion, you want to really make sure that that's a natural piece of quartz. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of things are passed off that aren't. They may have been a big chunk of quartz that someone has shaped and polished, but it's not the same thing as if you get a piece of Lemurian quartz, for example, a point right out of the ground. It's got the record keepers on the sides. It's literally holding all the information of the entirety of that rock's formation. Those are something completely different. Mm -hmm. My most powerful wand is a piece of quartz I picked up from my backyard because I'm from Georgia. So all that's in the clay is quartz, 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 quartz. <laughs> so I have a, um, it's, I never even realized it was my most powerful wand until very recently, but I've had this piece of quartz that is shaped like a point. It's maybe as long as my index finger and it's sitting on my altar right now because I just changed it out from my birthday altar full of rose quartz, <laughs> quartz and amethyst. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I agree 100% with almost everything that you said. Some stones will ask for it and is like, this is what I want and this is how I'm going to be. And other stones are like, leave me in the raw, leave me how I am. Mm -hmm. Malachite's another one that likes to be sculpted and shaped. Mm -hmm. and it, but it likes to have a job. And so you can't carry around a malachite that's the size of your hand, you know. <laughs> but you can sure shape it into a disc, put it on a, a, a cord and wear it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Thank you for that. I, I, th th that's something that, that I've, I've kind of wondered in the past, but it's like, it's one of those I've never had the, um, the, the ability or the, um, the, the knowledge to, to be able to, to discern it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just went to a rock shop with my coworker, um, not the one you're currently at, but we'll get to that. And um, literally, um, I was walking with her, like talking because she was and she's working on some stuff of her own and telling her what stones meant what and blah, blah, blah. And um, she's like, you keep touching this black thing everywhere we go. You keep touching the black one. What's the black one? And I'm like, it's hematite. I'm like, we just got off of work. You just drove me to a mall. You and alone are energy times a million. <laughs> and I'm like, that. this is what this does. And she's like, you keep touching hematite. And like, literally, we're sitting in line. There's a hematite ball of hematite in my hand. I'm rolling it around, rolling it around. She's like, would you just buy some hematite, please? <laughs> I'm like, I got earrings right here. Calm down. Is your friend a Gemini? No, she is a triple Aquarius. Ah, oh, gotcha. Okay. She is a handful. <laughs> Has a triple air sign as well. She is I'm all three air signs. <laughs> So let's take a short minute break. I'm going to go get some water and we will be right back to actually talk about crystal gridding. Sounds great. Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout out at the end of the next full length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank you card in the mail with Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute minisodes. Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pagan Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. All right, and we are back. And uh, I think, I think we, we need to get into a little bit more rock talk. Rock talk. Uh, rock talk. Rockin'. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I like the way that sounds. Rock talk. Rock, rock talk. talk. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> go, right, go right ahead. <laughs> that, 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 that definitely be the name of like a, like a new class. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. an introduction to rocks. Yep. You could do a whole like mini pod on it. Heck yeah. <laughs> like five or six episodes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So what would you say is like, if somebody said, I know nothing about crystal gridding, like we just did, what, how would you define it? So crystal gridding is taking rocks, using their energy in symbiosis, along with the geometry that you place them and manifesting what it is that you would like to have. So manifesting intent. I use crystal grids for several ways. Um, first and foremost, if someone shows me their crystal grid, it's actually a form of divination. Like I'll, I'll challenge people to say, oh, I made this awesome crystal grid. It's four and I'll go, stop, hold on, show me a picture. And they will and I'll say, oh, and then I can tell them what they manifested for because your crystal grid you can actually use as divination. Um, I use this in class a lot when I teach the class on how to use crystals for divination. I'll turn all those little cards around on those, those rock trays and tell people, here's your, you know, your basket, go choose six or seven different crystals, create a grid with your intuition, use your intuition, which rocks speak to you, which rocks call to you, hold them in your left hand. If you're not sure, just run your left hand over the top of the rocks, which ones are calling to you. And then ask those rocks, how many, how many need to be there? And then I'll encourage people to come back. If they know absolutely nothing 
I'll leave them with an empty table and say, arrange them in a way that feels right. Then we can come back, set, and I, I actually will say, okay, now slide over. We're going to do the class, and we're going to talk about what these rocks are, what they do. Then we come back and we look at the grid itself that they did at the beginning of class and go, okay, that's what these rocks do now. And is that supportive of what you were hoping to manifest in your world right now? And almost without fail, the answer is yes. Sometimes it's a manifestation that is even deeper than what they think they need. So sometimes I've had someone go, oh, I think I need money. I want to manifest abundance and prosperity. And then their grid comes out that it's really supportive of their own personal growth and development, which if they do, they're going to manifest the money they need. So <laughs> it's really interesting. You can actually use that as your own divination. If you have access to a crystal shop that will let you just come play with rocks, like at my store or over at everything, just rocks, like you can play with the rocks, set up a crystal grid and ask it what it has to tell you because you're literally choosing with your intuition or your unconscious mind or soul or spirit or heart, however you want to look at it and let those rocks tell you what they want to tell you. Pull the rocks that feel right, arrange them in a pattern and then go look at what those rocks do. Mm -hmm. Let them tell you. So you can use them for divination. I think it's really cool. I love the look on people's faces when they go, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> and then you can also use them for manifesting. Mm -hmm. So choosing rocks that are supportive of your purpose, using sacred geometry, you can use a grid board, you can use a paper printout of a sacred geometric pattern and using it all in alignment together is super powerful, super powerful. And you can use other things than just stones and rocks in your actual grid. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So if you were to ask me if I had to like choose a, a, a witch type, I'm definitely a hedge witch. So in my crystal grids, you'll also find things like rose hips or different herbs that are supportive of the same intent. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain type of like, how do you figure out what kind of sacred geometry or shape is going to work best? So again, it's based on your intent. Now, there is this element of, of intuition that goes along with that. So if you are drawn to a specific, say, tree of life, seed of life, flower of life, or like a Merkaba, you're definitely drawn to it for a reason. So take a peek at what it means. So if you're looking to integrate things into your life, you're going to choose a Merkaba. You're going to choose, a, you know, you could also, if you're trying to really get a lot of angelic um, realms behind you, you would choose something like a Metatron's cube. If you're looking to enhance or grow, maybe a flower of life would be a good choice. So knowing your sacred geometric patterns is, is really kind of fundamental. Now, you can also do crystal grids without any kind of sacred geometry base. You can literally do them based on numerology. So if you're looking at what it is that you would like to, like maybe make a fundamental change on, you would want to use the numerological numbers with those stones and create a pattern from them. Now, the, the commonality to it is you always want to work from the inside out, not the outside in. If you're looking to manifest, you would choose a manifester crystal. That's usually somewhere in the quartz family, and you can get as in-depth as how many sides does it have on it. And, and you can get all the way down to the actual crystal, um, you know, what, what actual size and, and number of shape 
is in the crystal itself. So I'm not going to bore you with that and use words like <laughs> dodecahedron or anything like that. But you want to use, simply put, a manifestor crystal in the center if you're manifesting. You want to use an attractor crystal if you're trying to attract. If you're looking to protect your home, you're going to use a completely different stone in the center. You're going to be either drawing or repelling with that grid. So you can, um, you can imagine that, you know, knowing the stones is an important factor of that. Um, but let's say you're, you're looking to manifest something. And right now, everybody's looking to manifest love, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're getting ready to go to stupid Cupid day. Everybody wants to manifest their true love. And mm -hmm. some of us do that with candle spells. Mine worked beautifully, by the way. <laughs> or we can use, you know, manifesting jars, mojo jars. There's a lot of ways. Just taught a class on witch's ladders, how to manifest with a witch's ladder. But if you're looking to manifest with a crystal grid, you would probably choose something like a rose quartz for the center because that is your manifestor crystal. Quartz is a, is, a, is a manifestor crystal. Rose quartz is indicative of love. So you start with your center. What are you trying to manifest? So if you're trying to manifest love in any sort, rose quartz in the center, you know, just kind of like anything else in life, front and center is the most important. You would want to surround it with something or some things that are supportive of that. So what kind of love would you like to attract? Are you looking at passionate love? Choose a stone that would, would align with that. Or maybe even boost it with a little hibiscus flower that would, you know, maybe go in between the stones. You can add as many rose quartz to that as you want, but rose quartz, again, is general love. So you may end up with a whole lot of self-love. If you're looking for a relationship love, you would want to choose a relationship-type stone. You could choose something like garnet or ruby for passion. You could choose a little bit of grounding with hematite. And you can definitely look at, you know, okay, the you have the center stone. Your second ring, you're going to look at what does it look like. So if what I'm trying to attract is love, my center stone is the amplifier or the manifestor of that. My next ring would be what does it look like? So it's kind of like writing a spell where you have to know what it is really that you're looking for. If you're looking for friendship kind of love, it would be a very different stone. If you're looking for a romantic love, then now you're looking at more of a garnet or a ruby. So you would create a pattern around that manifestor crystal with what you're looking for. So let's say you're looking for love, but you're also looking at, well, you know, I've kind of been burned by it before and maybe I have some issues around it what you might want to do is add some selenite in between to clear away any kind of blockages you might have to that attraction. Next ring, your third ring, you're looking at what stones would be supportive of your second ring. So if you're looking for passionate, amazing love that you're cleansing and clearing the energies from the old relationships, then what would you need next? I'll leave it to you guys to make that answer. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking... Well, you already said garnet would be a good one. I would probably add more rose quartz just because rose quartz to me really connects with friendship. And um, I don't know any other friendship stones. <laughs> um, I don't know, some clear quartz for clear headedness. Okay. And if you wanted to say, hey, I, this is going to be an adventuresome love. Mm -hmm. or how about I'm, I'm kind of a little afraid of this. I need some personal support around it. You could choose a heart opener or indicative of the heart chakra with something like green aventurine or even rubies with fuchsite. And so 
I hope you see a pattern here that you're using stones that are supportive of what you're looking to manifest. And, and you start out with the most important front and center, that middle stone, and you work out from there. So you have to actually, you know, sit down. Like I, I would recommend anyone when they're thinking of doing a crystal grid for a specific purpose to sit down and say, what is it that I need here? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the elements? What are the attributes? If you're looking to attract something into your world, what would it look like? What do I need in order for that to come into my world? And then those are the stones that you choose accordingly. Sounds like a crystal grid would be great for somebody who's not very um, linguist, um, doesn't like sitting down to write spells, but wants, is more of a visual learner, or a physical type person. Absolutely. Definitely very hands-on. And especially mm-hmm. if you intrinsically speak rock, it's absolutely amazing because there are no words needed. I could definitely see also like just somebody who's, who's very, uh, very intuitive can definitely just cut, just come in and, and just do something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then the last element you want in your crystal grid is you always want it grounded. So the outer ridge or ring of that crystal grid, you want to make sure you have some grounding crystals. So hematite is my go-to. I'm a water sign. So hematite does not irritate me like it does some air signs. Some air signs hate hematite. Really? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, Galena is a really good one for those people that hematite irritate. Galena is a nice, um, calming, really grounded, but also gentle energy for grounding. That's that's actually would be my go-to for, you know, something that is an attract true love spell kind of a thing in a crystal grid. It would be a Galena piece at each of the four you know, if you're doing it on a four, four-sided four grid board, maybe on the four edges, you could use it all the way around. I also like to use selenite on the outside of them because what we're creating is that, you know, like we talk about the cone of power, you're literally creating a directional circle around your grid so that you're, you're directing that energy around the outside ring. You want to direct that energy toward the next inner ring, from that inner ring to the innermost ring and from that innermost ring to your center crystal. And then what I do at the end of my crystal grid, when I stand up and I look at it and I go, okay, this feels right. This feels really good. I'll pull out my pendulum and I'll hang it right over the top of that that center crystal. And I'll look and see what my pendulum says too, because I like to double check my work. (laughs) And the pendulum starts to give a nice good circle around. Then I will ground myself, couple big deep breaths, pull from Gaia, the same way as I would do any other spell. And using my pendulum, I will charge that grid. And so by charging the grid with my pendulum, now I'm amplifying and drawing that energy. I'm giving it its direction. I'm helping that energy flow. And I'm giving it, it's kind of like when you throw a stone into a pond and those ripples ripple out. That's what I'm doing with my energy then, with my pendulum. And so you really get that energy flowing, raising the energy, raising the energy, raising the energy, and then release it. And that grid will do its job. And you can leave, you can leave your grid up for like a full moon cycle. Um, a lot of people will come and they'll make their grid. They'll write a spell to go with it, slide their spell under their grid board. And that grid board stays by their bedside for the whole month. So you can actually incorporate grids into spells. You can incorporate grids into your drum circles. I love to do that. You know, make your grid in the center and then raise the energy with the drumming. Holy cow. Super, super spectacular. 
Would you suggest leaving the grid until at least the magic um, is through, like through, or would you? Is it okay to like clear it at, right after you're done raising the magic and then bring it back down? It really depends on the practitioner. I like mm -hmm. to leave them up for a minimum of seven days because I feel like you know if I'm going to ask the universe to get nudged by this crystal grid, mm -hmm. I got to give it a little time to work because mm -hmm. it's going to continue to do its work as long as it's up. There are crystal grids that I do as defenses on the property. So those crystal grids are created, they're buried in the ground and they just stay there. Mm -hmm. There's no changing it. As long as I'm in that place and as long as I'm, you know, if I'm the property owner and I don't want people to come onto the property, I want it, it to be protected. I'll bury a grid in the ground. Nice. So yeah, I'm I'm just kind of like <laughs> reeling reeling back a little bit because that because I'm 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 a Gemini I'm air sign, and when you said that uh, hematite the, the the hematite doesn't doesn't mesh well, I'm like, okay, that explains a lot because because I, <laughs> I, I I love the way that that hematite looks I love I I love seeing it, but it's never really meshed with me. Wow. Okay. Learning stuff. Gotta love that. <laughs> a little too grounding for the air signs typically. Mm -hmm. hmm. Yeah. Cause, cause honestly, cause it feels like, uh, it, it's, it's not just, it doesn't just ground. It drains. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I have, I have an opposite reaction with hematite. I wore rainbow hematite to my best friend's wedding because I know that she she can get up to here if she's stressed and I can easily pick up on other people's emotions and follow through. Or if I was wearing the hematite and I realized it was exactly the way I wanted it to, I would be grounded and easier to ground her. And at one point, um, I could tell that she was getting overwhelmed and there was all the women in the room um, helping her get dressed. And I was like, put your hands on mine. We took two to three big breaths and then she was able to communicate what she needed a whole hell of a lot more. And I was like, this is exactly why I wore the hematite. So I could be that one to be there and do that. And because as far as I'm concerned, that's the job of the maid of honor. So that was like, all right, I need to be able to give myself the tools to do the job that I believe I'm supposed to be doing. So. I have the exact opposite. It's funny because I've noticed that Gemini is actually the one sign that hematite irritates the most. Oh. That's mm -hmm. why I asked earlier if your friend was a Gemini, because it's <laughs> stone that's, that Geminis are going to notice mm -hmm. and they're going to notice the energy of without even touching. And it, it does for some reason. It just every Gemini I know is irritated by, by hematite, but Galena is a good choice. And also, Autumn, depending on your um, your rising and your moon sign, mm -hmm. if you have Earth in there, you're probably going to get along with it a lot better. All air. Wow. The mouth never stops. <laughs> um, well, you've learned to work with it well then. Yeah. <laughs> my um, rising is Gemini and my moon is Libra. Wait, which one is the one people assume that you are originally? Rising. So that is Libra. Yes. Because, yeah. I remembered it because that one is the one that my I share with my father. He's a Libra. Actually, I actually just pulled up my <laughs> my my star chart. So I'm a I'm a uh, Gemini Sun, Rising Libra, Moon Taurus. That I believe with the Moon with Taurus. Oh yeah, yeah, because you do carry a lot of Taurus energy. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very bullheaded. What can I say? <laughs> that wasn't what I meant. <sighs> yeah, no, I, now I'm definitely going to have to come down to, to, uh, to your shop. To Well, she's to in, <laughs> she's in Prescott. So. Hey, I'm fine with that. <laughs> After, you know, a- after everything simmers down a bit, you know, I'll be traveling a little bit more because I have to get out there. <laughs> but, Heck yeah. 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 Well, you know, what's funny is we haven't really slowed down. We've got a mm-hmm. lot of small classes that we do. They're not very, you know, not very big classes. And usually the classes I do, it's a, a kind of a pod of people. I feel like the way that we're headed is, is pods, you know, like mm-hmm. you have your pod of people you're comfortable being around. Mm-hmm. And people have been coming to class in pods. So I'll have a class of six. They all know each other. They all hang out. They have lunch all the time. Maybe they're coworkers or their family that live under one roof. And they all come to class at one time. And they're, they're excited to learn something together and spend time together, get the heck out of the house. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, it's really kind of cool. So, I mean, I feel like we're all, we're all feeling a little bit safer in small groups. And that's really what we've still been able to offer for people. Yeah. I think and also the classes have transitioned to online quite seamlessly. I've I was really terrified of doing online classes, but I'll tell you what, now that I've finally taken the leap and done it, I'm mm-hmm. so not scared of it anymore. I'm, I'm getting to connect with people who are everywhere, all over the place, mm-hmm. and it's so great. Yeah, I was really afraid of doing the podcast on virtual. And we had a couple of guests, including Marcos, that drove down to um, record with us in studio. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and it was like, you either lose the pod or you transition to this. And it's worked out really well. Even um, today, when you said that all you had was the phone, I was like, oh no, guys, what do we do? And they were like, no, no, we have this solution. I was like, I love you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so appreciative of Taluk just having all this knowledge about technology and Jared being able to handle it when I'm like, I'm lost. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm a natural grounder and I, I, can, I can reach through technology because I'm a little bit of a technopath too. <laughs> well, especially with Mercury. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the Mercury retrogrades kick in my butt right now. Oh yeah. One thing I did notice though is that when we do our in-person meditations, and I have like a hybrid class going, I can't record that on Zoom because if I do, and we're doing the meditation piece, the energy moving in the room messes up our Zoom feed. <laughs> so I've found that if I'm going to offer a class in-person hybrid, I record it separately on a different day and just offer Zoom only for it. And then in-person hybrid, it's streamed. And if, you know, if they miss the meditation part, they can get it back with, you know, like the, the recorded part later. But mm-hmm. it's, that's been a challenge, moving energy in the room and then Zoom actually being able to pick up and, and not get messed up. I, I was really surprised. Like I'm thinking maybe Faraday cage for the recording. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> that that would be pretty interesting, but I, I, I don't I don't think Faraday would work very well, especially <laughs> especially e- energies of that magnitude. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, actually. Well, we want to thank you so much, Karma, for coming on, being available for us at such short notice. Oh, you're welcome. Um. Well, before we head out, I want to thank a couple of our newest Patreon supporters. Cody, thank you for returning as a Patreon supporter. Um, This person gave me a pronunciation of their name. Chana, 
thank you for supporting. And Sophie, thank you for supporting us with Patreon. Our next exclusive Patreon episode will be up on the 27th. 24th. 24th, yeah. 24th <laughs> on Patreon. So, and Karma, if they wanted to get to know you virtually or in person, where can they find you? So they can find me at Collective Alchemies. That's our store in Prescott, Arizona. And uh, we have a website, just www.collectivealchemies.com. You mm-hmm. can also reach me at Dark Moon Ranch, which is where I live. Our ranch actually has its own page because we do spells and we do daily readings. And so that one is darkmoonranch.com. You can catch me the first weekend of every month here in Tempe, Arizona at Everything Just Rocks. I love to come down here. My sister's stores, Everything Just Rocks. And Athena offers some amazing classes. So if people do want to learn crystal gridding, I'm going to have an, an online crystal grid class that is launching in March. You can take that online. So there's going to be an, an intro and a sacred geometry class, as well as kind of a, a crystal grid, you know, 201 that, that's going to follow in April. But that's online. And Athena offers in-person crystal grid classes here in Tempe. Um, we've put a, a pause to our in-person crystal grid at the store, but you can come up and see me and play with the rocks. And that's okay, too. <laughs> all right and um i believe you have an active community up there as well is there a way to connect with them absolutely in- so check out paganperspectives.org or you can go on facebook pagan perspectives in fact pagan perspectives dark moon ranch and collective alchemies all have facebook pages and you can check out our pagans going on um we're looking at possibly doing some like i said pod style retreats to where people can come up and do some small retreats We also have had a lot of um, people voice that they would love to come up, do a pod retreat, but then also be able to take that same pod of people out for like a tour of Sedona or a tour of the vortexes here in like the Northern Arizona area. So we actually have have partnered up with uh, a couple of different people that are going to be offering those as well. So if you want to beat the heat this summer and come up out of the Valley, we have some partners up here. um, Juniper Well Ranch being one. Autumn, I know you've been there. (laughs) And yep. we're looking at bringing pods of people up into that big, the big Manzanita Manor house to where, you know, up to 10 people in their pod can come and they can stay and they, we can offer classes there to, for them, you know, to where they don't have to go out and be in, in a big group of people. Nice. And for our longtime listeners' references, if you listened to um, our episodes where we referenced our um, summer solstice camping experiences mine was with karma and at juniper well ranch and with the pagan perspectives so that way you guys have a reference to connect how i that promise works. we have dialed in the lemonade by now <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that was definitely oh. a story that was told on here oh that lemonade <laughs> oh i kind of forgot about that that is a story that will live forever in infamy <laughs> oh my goodness yes i kind of forgot about that but the moment you said the lemonade the picture of him holding that <laughs> jar of lemon uh. oh goodness it's like every now and then he's like i put more water in it and i'd sip it and i'm like no you didn't you lied to me <laughs> why are you doing this to me <laughs> Oh, and the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Okay, alrighty. <laughs> Jara, where can they find you on the internet while I lament my whole entire <laughs> summer experience? <laughs> well, of course, uh, I am on Instagram under uh, Haggard Hagrid Cosplay. 
Uh, I'm also on Twitter uh, under at Jarrah Stone. And uh, of course, on TikTok, uh, you can find me as AZ Silent Bob. Um, and oh yeah, YouTube, Haggard Haggard. I'm doing uh, a video a day for the entirety of 2021. Join me on my weight loss journey, which I can say I weighed myself today and I am down about 20 pounds since the beginning of the year. Yay! So I Congratulations. am. I'm having some some good times with that. Yay! Okay, you know what? We talked about drumming. I'm going to throw it out there. I've been doing drum birthing. Oh my gosh! Can't talk. Drum birthing. Where you make your own. Ooh. Yeah. So we take you through a shamanic journey, connect you with your herbs, your elements, stones, the hides themselves, and then you actually string your own heartstrings and sing your song into the heartstrings. And you create your own drum Wow. Ooh. That I, sounds really cool. I may, ta- I may take you up on that. <laughs> Super powerful stuff. You create mm-hmm. your own. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, wow. That does sound like a lot. Yep. Um, so you can find me, Autumn Wolf, on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, you can find my blog um, as Iron Wolf Circle on WordPress. I actually just had a thought of what my next post is going to be about. So maybe there's going to be something new someday. (laughs) And you can find Millennial Pagan Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram at uh, Pagan Pod, just as a tease. Uh, Anybody who already follows it just saw my birthday altar. And anybody who hasn't, go look at that. We're going to try and post more of our altars Okay, Jara, start taking pictures. I've actually got the start of a new one because uh, I'm finally diving into a new deity, and uh, he's been calling calling to me from uh, from afar for a while. So I actually uh, just went to our friend Jane's store mm-hmm. to order a Hades statue. Oh, so all right, we'll have to yeah. talk about um, Hades later then. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> and get and see your new Hades altar. Mm-hmm. All right, well, so thank you everyone for listening and for. Um, Patreon supporting. I'm sure during the break you heard all about how to be a Patreon supporter. And and of course, everybody wish Miss Autumn a happy birthday. It's going to be this no. weekend on the 13th. <laughs> Thank you. And 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 I always love doing this. This is your birthday song. It's not very long. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> I like a nice short birthday song. <laughs> Everybody stop staring at me in a thing. Oh, she's turning about as red as my hair. No, no my hair. Uh, it's almost there. Almost there. Mm, gotcha. All right. So, Mary Meet. Mary Part. And, and Mary Meet again. again. At least you said meat this time. I did. I can't have meat. There's too much sugar. <laughs> <laughs>